Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we're getting an update from Ariel. How's it going today, Ariel? Hey, all is good. Um, we're lagging a bit, I think, but I think we can work with it. And we'll make it timely because I don't I don't detect the delay, but you were telling me your computer's running slow because it's so hot there. So how hot is it? It is, it's come down a bit, but today was the hottest day of our year. So I think we went up to 42 degrees Celsius, which is over 100 Fahrenheit. So quite hot for us here. Yeah. And you were saying you don't have air conditioning typically in most of the places there, right? No, no, that would be quite a frivolous purchase because <laughs> we don't really have that kind of weather often. Yeah. So. That is truly hot. So, so good luck. I know what it's like being in a place where it's really hot and you have no air conditioning. So yeah, good luck there. I know um, it's pretty miserable. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to complain. That's the thing. I, I do love the hot weather, but um, usually we'd be on holiday in this weather and then you'd have AC in your hotel and you'd have the sea breeze. So it's just a bit, it feels like you're in a, a greenhouse in your house. And um, the breeze that the fan gives you is just the warm air <laughs> blowing back in your face. Yeah. I'm lucky here. I mean, it's hot here too. It's a, about the same temperature, um, wow. but I'm in the basement and we have an AC. So it's like much cooler. <laughs> I am, I am about to go out and work in the yard though. So that, that oh, will okay. be very hot. Um, what time is it? What time is it? It is about 1 PM in the afternoon. Oh, okay. So it's hot. It's the worst time to go out, but <laughs> I'm, I'm working on the yard and I have like, I think it's like four or five tons of rock being delivered on Tuesday. So I need yeah. to get some stuff done and it doesn't matter if it's hot or not. I just need to do it. It has so. to be done. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about how we don't like super hot weather. We're here to get an update uh, from you on your sites. We uh, missed like a month in May, so we're going to do sort of like May, June. We're mostly going to focus on June, of course, but we should catch up because one of the reasons why we weren't able to record for the May update is because you moved. So um, are you all settled into the new place? Yeah, more or less settled. Um, it's a really nice area. We've got a lake about three minute walk down the road. So I've been going to the lake quite a lot with the kids. Um, just got a new puppy. So yeah, so it's all new, but it's all, it's all good. It's all good. And how old's the puppy? She is 15 weeks now. So she's just, she had a second jab just not too long ago. So she's just started going out for her walks and, but now the sun is just too unbearable for her. So yeah, so yeah. it's all learning. It's a new learning curve for me. Okay. And, um, do the kids, uh, love the puppy like how how's the household going the kids absolutely love everybody loves her and she loves the kids so um yeah the kid the baby the baby is obsessed with her yeah. she will not leave her alone but she has these mean streaks where she wants to poke her and um and the puppy is just su such a loyal family dog that she just licks her hand and then just leaves it alone but i'm always trying to keep the baby off of the puppy <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Puppies are 
they're fun, but a lot of work. So I'm sure there's a lot of extra attention and, you know, house training and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Well, yeah. Any, anything else uh, with the house or the move? Any, did you get any like big upgrades? You're like, Oh, this is a great office or I don't know, kitchen um, or something. Yeah. So I've got, got this, the spare room into an office, but as you know, before I was in my conservatory and that was a nice office in the heat it wouldn't work my my computer would do worse than it's doing now it would just completely start freezing and <laughs> and it'd have a lot of trouble so um but yeah still got an office which is good somewhere to work from um yeah a bit more space as well a bit more garden space for the kids so that's good nice okay so let's get into the meat and for people that are just starting to follow along We've done about four interviews in the past or so over the you know, earlier part of this year so people can follow along and get the updates. And there are blog posts over on my site, Niche Site Project, so you can follow along, see the graphics, and kind of just check everything out in a more detailed way. So let's hear some of the uh, recent metrics and analytics and all that stuff. And you know what? If you have May, you can mention that too. If you don't have it handy, that's okay. You can just talk about you. Okay, so starting with site two, um, which is the one that we didn't start with. I know it's confusing, but this is my second site um, that we saw was doing well and we thought, let's go back to it. The EPMV is a lot better than what we're seeing on site seven. So, yeah, so site two is growing. It's doing well. It had, in May, it had 17 or just under 18,000 page views. And then in June, it had 22,500 page views. Um, from ads, it earned $370 in May. And then in June, it earned $440. Um, and the EPMV is $25. But in total, it earned $980. So, um, yeah, so half from ads and then the other half is from a small amount from Amazon and then the other affiliate programs. Great. And um, shall I go straight, straight to site seven? Sure. Yeah. So site seven had just under 15,000 page views in May. And then in June, 18,900, around 18,900, I think. Um, and then ads, it earned $78 in May from Ezoic and $115 in June. And from Amazon in May, it earned $130 and $160 in June. So in total, $280 and $280 in total in June. Very good. Okay, so if I'm doing the math right, that's roughly $1,300 for the two sites. Something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. And just a quick summary. So... You, you mentioned it, but basically we started working together. We picked one site and we focused on it for about, I don't know, two months. And then you realized, hey, the other site has a lot more potential. It looked like site number seven was going to be just kind of limited in what you could earn because the EPMB 
was not going to be that much. And you checked with your account manager at Ezoic and they confirmed that because of the subject matter, there's just not as many advertisers. So we shifted, you know, we pivoted because we, we saw what results we were getting and just wanted to make sure we didn't waste time. So you are now focusing on site two primarily. Yeah. I'm and, glad we did that. <laughs> yep. And it makes sense. And, you know, a lot of people, in fact, uh, you were on a live stream today with me when we had a little miscommunication, but I was glad yeah. to see you on there. But uh, someone asked today, you know, how do you even get started when you don't know if it's going to be successful? It really holds people back. And the thing is, you just got to get started and then you could adjust along the way. And this is a perfect example where like we started working on something together told a bunch of people about it and then realized we needed to pivot and there's like no harm in shifting. Did you have any reservation or were you nervous about shifting or anything like that? No, not at all. Cause I'd done the bulk of, I think I'd put up over 200 articles by then. So I knew it was growing fast in the beginning, but I knew it was going to continue to grow. So I was happy to just leave it to see what it did. If the EPMB got better what the Amazon sales were looking like. And it's still, it's, it's even, we're in July now, so I don't want to give too much away, but it's continued to grow. So I'm glad that it's doing what it's doing and that I went back and started adding more articles onto site two because it had it only had 70 and it started showing promise. So now it has over 200 articles and they're gonna, they're already starting to mature and everything's going up. So yeah, I'm glad I did go back over to it. Awesome. Let's talk about uh, delegation. You have uh, some writers working with you. You have some VAs. So can you just break down what's been going on? Yeah, so I had seven writers initially. I've still got them. They're, they're freelancers, so they do their own thing. And if I need more um, writers, I can just message them. Um, but I've got two main writers, as I mentioned before. One writer is very emerged in the niche. So she knows a lot about it. It's, it's, not, it's not hard to give her outlines or just give her the topic and she can do a decent job. She does a, a good job finding um, FAQs. People also ask. She's really good. So I've got her and one of my writers that I've had a long time. Um, and I've got um, three part-time virtual assistants who also do some writing because they're, some of the, um, the posts are mainly about researching and organizing the information and getting screenshots and stuff. So that's an easy enough task that the VAs can help with while they're doing other things. And as far as like hiring and letting go of some of the control, was that an issue at all? I know a lot of people, they they have that feeling like, I I don't want to, I don't want to allow someone to make a mistake when I could have done it better myself. Yeah. I had that issue for many years before I even got into um, niche sites. So I know, I know, I definitely understand that. And that's why I always tell people about um, four hour work week, because that helps you realize that your time is more valuable and you can do this and that. And if you want to scale, then you definitely need to outsource. There's no way around that. Um, If you want to duplicate yourself, just work on your training. Make sure that you train your VAs properly and um, they'll be able to do the task. So I think that holds a lot of people back thinking that they're the only person that can do it. Um, so I made a video about, um, hiring a virtual assistant and, um, just outlining all of that stuff. So when you're 
when you're hiring, what to ask them for, what information that you need to give them and, and focus really on training them up to the standard. So doing videos for everything. And you and I spoke about that as well. So going through your day as you normally would, make notes about what you're doing and um, and then do a, a, a screen screen grab, I guess, of your process and then just give it to them and let them, you know, let them go through it and give them the opportunity to make mistakes. Um, but I find that they generally want to do a good job. So they'll ask you questions, I'll go over it a few times and um, they want to keep their job. That's why they, <laughs> they applied. So they'll do their best and um, they get better over time. They get a lot better. So have you had any issues, any mistakes that were made? No, none since the, the first hire that I said got a bit complacent. Um, ever since then, I've learned a lot more about what it means to, you know, team lead, I guess. So I know that the mistake, if they make mistakes, is I, I take that, that's, you know, that's on me. So do better training, communicate better, um, do video um, conversations with them so they have, not make them feel bad about asking questions. So, yeah, but I've not, not had any not had any issues. In fact, they, they do their own thing a lot and they do a good job at that. So I give them the freedom to explore better ways to do things. Um, okay. And, and some of the notes you mentioned that you have three part-time VAs, but you would rather have um, two overall. So yeah. what, what, what situation did you find yourself how did I get myself in that yeah so uh, the first one I hired um they're all students I think um but she she's really good she's my main one she actually trained the other two um but she can only do 20 hours a week I'd love for her to do 40 and then and just get most of the stuff done and then I asked her if she knew anybody else that wanted to come and be a VA so to kind of fill in for the parts that she couldn't and she had a friend that was on a course with her that she recommended so I got in a chat with her done a contract got her on board and I had another that was working on for me on on Upwork and um, I know Upwork does, doesn't like you transacting outside of their platform but it didn't make sense to um pay her as a VA on Upwork and they, they take a certain amount of fees and you don't have that flexibility. So we had a conversation offline and she really wanted the job. So she, yeah, so kept her on board, but she wants to do more than the 20 hours. But now I'm in a situation where I've got three <laughs> part-time. So yeah, there's not much I can do about that. Would you be able to get them, one of them to work on something different? Like, is that a possibility? Yeah, they're, they're all kind of doing different things. So, sorry, I'm going to charge this. Yeah, they're all kind of doing different things. Um, as I've mentioned in the, the update, I'm going deeper as opposed to being spread thin with all my, my different sites. So now I'm really focused on brand building and, and kind of, as they say, building a moat around the site. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've been doing more... Um, video content so making more videos and I do use an AI tool Pictori to make the videos so I've trained them one of the VAs to do that so she just does graphics she's really good with social media and graphics so she just does stuff in Canva she makes all those videos and she's going through a list of my um, my blog posts and she's making a video for each so she just summarizes the blog post and then makes a video and then I add that to Ezoic 
Um, so I've got my video ads and I can repurpose it and put it on social media and YouTube and stuff. So that's her main job. The other one of the others finds my articles that the writers do. They all update a spreadsheet. So she'll go in and she'll add those to WordPress, format them, add the images. Um, so that takes up her time. And she's also doing some of the content. Um, and then the third one, she's just doing some content. So and I don't try and jump them around too much. I let them focus on their tasks. Um, that way I know what's getting done and what needs to be done. Got it. And where did you find the the first student? Because you said, you know, one of them introduced you to another. So was it just through Upwork? No. So the first one's from online jobs. And okay. then, yeah, and then the, the one that she introduced, yeah, she's introduced that other one. And then the other one's from Upwork. So online jobs and Upwork. Okay. And that's onlinejobs.ph, right? Yeah. The Filipino VA service. Cool. That's that they've monopolized the game now, I think. Everybody, you just know people are going to mention them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think you're right. Very cool. Okay. And let's see. You mentioned Ezoic. So we'll do th this is an ad. So we'll do a quick little live ad here. And I think, if I remember right, you use the big data analytics quite a bit, which is kind of a, an area of Ezoic where you can dive into the data and really like understand what's going on. Now, we're going to make this relevant. You also mentioned to me before we hit record that Google Analytics was somehow goofed up on one of your sites, right? So can you talk about that and talk about what you're using from Ezoic to you know yeah. make up for the fact that your Google Analytics is kind of goofed up? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a, that's a me problem anyway. I'm I don't know where, but maybe I installed the the ad code incorrectly. I think that's what the general consensus is online. If your page views are not right, then you've probably installed the code. I don't know how you do it incorrectly, but anyway, I go over to Big Data Analytics, which shows me it's accurate. It's just the most accurate information I've got because it shows me um, the page views, the visits. Um, it really goes into detail with, you know, how much revenue each page is earning. So, um, yeah, so like you said, the, the information on analytics was wrong, on Google Analytics was wrong. So using Ezoic now across all of my sites to see um, the growth, because you can compare last month and, you know, last year with where you are now. Um, I also use big data analytics to go through and see which topic clusters and content is earning the most so I can go and add more to that cluster and try and get that EPMV higher or try and make pages that are earning around the same amount to keep that up. So, yeah. Perfect. And basically in big data analytics, you can look at each one of the URLs, each one of the pages on your site and then filter it or sort it by the EPMV. So, you know, these topic areas, this type of content, for example, earns a lot more than some of the other content. So you could focus on those. Did I summarize that correctly? Yeah. So there is another thing you need to do. Um, you go into, you go into your landing pages and then you, I think you need to make your, your sample size a bit, a bit bigger. So I'd select from January up until now, and then I'd download the file. So I'd export it and then sort it like that. But I'd take out all the ones that are less than less than maybe 100 views because sometimes it says that this page has only had one 
one visit and then the the average EPMB is like $160. It doesn't have enough information to give you an accurate, you know, account. So I have to download the sheet first, sort it, and then delete the irrelevant ones. And then I, I've got a clearer picture of what's working um, and what to replicate. I also use that to find what what pages are need work, what pages need to be improved. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the, the okay. gist of it. Perfect. Okay. And that concludes the Ezoic ad. So thanks to Ezoic for sponsoring these shows. Okay. So you have um, some VAs working on video and the graphics and stuff like that. And any other details around the VAs or any delegation that you're doing? Yeah. So you've got a Haro course, which I'm going through. I keep going back and forth, but there are two things. What the VAs are doing, I'm going to use the course to train the VAs to do the outreach for me. Um, but before that, I've made some kind of clickbait content. I've made two calculators, um, well, a calculator and a plugin for the niche. So I've got to go and promote that and use that as my my clickbait. Um, not clickbait. What's the um, link, uh, link bait? bait? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so my virtual assistants are going to be going through and doing the soft outreach um, approach with that. Um, but I guess I can talk more about that once I've actually started started doing it. So the calculator is already created? Yeah, yeah, they, they're really good. I found, the, I found them, the developers on Fiverr. So I was a bit, I was a bit apprehensive at first, but Okay. How much did it cost to have developed? $120. Okay. And, you know, without saying exactly what it is, can you give us kind of an idea or maybe an analogy? Like, is it just (laughs) you put in a couple fields and it just does some math on the back end or something? Yeah, pretty much. So you can move some knobs and yeah, you put in some information. It gives you, you don't have to um, generate anything it, it shows you there and then you can keep changing it up but there was only one other one and the um i think the the u ux is that, mm-hmm. the, is that what it looks like <laughs> yeah. that wasn't it wasn't very good it looked like windows 98 so i knew it would be easy to make one that looks like the theme that fit into the theme of my site and was more up to date um it just looks a lot better and it does one extra thing um so yeah should be should be quite easy to get get some links to that cool very good idea is it something that might get its own like search traffic too or is it more yeah. for link bait okay yeah no well it will get it I, i've done it so it can as well so i've actually made these short where there would be faqs i've made these short posts um, and they all they've all got the um the key the anchor text keyword all these different um keywords that link over to that page so i've tried to be a bit more strategic with it overall so it does get its own um it does get indexed and get its own visits um and that it does get some links from outreach as well what about the plugin where'd you get that one developed that was upwork um i think i paid more than i needed to but yeah but we got there we got there okay. in the end well, what did you pay for it um, $300. Okay. And yeah. then it, it'll be a free plugin, I take it or. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a free plugin. I will, I will give it away, but then I do around it. 
um, which is there's, there's the, the plugin itself is very simple, which is why I think I overpaid. Um, it was one of those per hour rates where they can kind of just keep going, which I think he did. But it, it doesn't matter. It's done now. Um, but yeah, I want to give it away free. But there is a, a strategy around it that I want to kind of share with it and on, on arielphoenix.com so I can get people to <laughs> sign up and stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, we're curious to hear how that plays out. And I mean, I think, you know, from a link perspective, just knowing how much it costs to get actual links from a service and how much you paid for the pieces of software, like it'll, yeah. it'll pay itself off in yeah, like definitely. two links, which it sounds like a no brainer with just a little bit yeah. of outreach. I didn't think about it like that either, but yeah, that, that makes sense. I was just trying to, I was thinking about ways to position myself in the niche, which would, you know, again, be, build a brand and be different and not look like your typical niche site. Um, and I'm always trying to think of ways to make it more of a, of a brand in itself. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's a good way to look at it when I get some links from it. Yeah. And it'll be a great headline. You could be like, I got X number of links, whatever, like 45 links for a hundred dollars or something. And the average yeah. DR is blah. And then you'll get a yeah. ton of views on your video. So <laughs> very cool. Okay. Any, anything else uh, going on the last couple of months? Um, no, not really. I always say this and then I say something else, but nothing I can think of. <laughs> well, what's coming up for the next month or so then? Okay, so, so far, from the numbers that I gave you in the beginning, everything's already gone past those numbers, so it's going to be interesting to see what the end of the month has. But um, Amazon has just shot up. Uh, Okay, so there is something I need to mention. I think it was Aisha that said, Aisha Priest you had on on your show before, She, I think it was her that mentioned um, going into a post and adding affiliate links or adding, like, products into the posts um into just all of the posts so i went back and i i made these reusable blocks with um an aawp grid which is kind of like your key products or essential products for the niche and just added those to those um informational content i, I went back into site seven and just added that well the va has gone in and she's added those in so and from that almost immediately i saw um, my Amazon sales just going up. So I've been earning like 20 to $30 a day um, in the last week from Amazon now. So that is something I've just been looking at. Okay, what, what products can I add to Site2? As you know, Site2 doesn't have that many products. So I do have some of my digital products that I could start to add in as reusable blocks across all of the content. Um, and that way I've got these in-content links as well. And yeah. But that's, that's been working. That's been working. That's awesome. Yeah, it seems it's, it's too simple, you know, just to add links. And I think maybe people are a little bit scared to add affiliate links just in general. They don't yeah. want to be too salesy. Some people are afraid that they're going to, you know, quote, make Google mad because <laughs> yeah. there's too many affiliate links. But yeah. I think if you if you are helping the visitor, then it should probably be okay. Yeah, I was guilty of that at first. I, I thought in, informational content needed to be informational and maybe you could sneak a product in 
I think we give Google, I'm not going to say we give Google too much power because it's Google, but it's also just an algorithm. It's not a man at the computer saying, this is too many affiliate links. So, <laughs> um, but what I do with the reusable blocks is I just do about three or four of them. And then I make sure that the, there is, there's content. It's not just um, the, the AAWP block of products. It says there's, there's some description there that ties it in with the type of post. So I think four categories have different, um, a different block. So if it's, for example, if it's about tennis, it's going to have a specific block of um, information about your key, why, why these, why these products help you in your training or whatever. And um, yeah, so there is some contextual information around the, the, the link. And because it's such a small part of a, of a 1500 word blog, I don't think it's, I don't think Google's going to be angry. No. Well, they're not so far. They're not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Okay. Yeah. Any other, any other things on your mind here? No, no, no. Okay. And I'm just, I'm clicking back. I'm trying to remember our initial earnings and, and stuff like where you were when we first started. Do you happen to remember that off the top of your head? I, I remember us, we started on a really high and then it, it dipped because we were in, I think I was getting my December and January um, income and I had one affiliate program that had earned $1,000 on its own. So that really hyped up the site earnings. And then when that went back down to like, it went from $1,000 to a hundred and something, but it's slowly going up. So 200, 300, 400. Um, but because of that initial 1,000, it looks like the site's gone down a bit, but yeah, it's, it's, it's growing quite consistently. Okay. And then for this, say, upcoming month, how much content are you trying to publish so i i forget honestly but yeah, yeah that way it'll give people a, a baseline of like how much you're publishing per month yeah i've slowed down i don't i don't think i've got an a specific number that i'm working on at the moment because i've been going back in because i've done the calculator and i've been doing those smaller posts and trying to do topic clusters and tie everything together um i'm working on improving articles so I've not been adding new content as much as as much as I used to, and I've gone down with my writers. But I feel like because there's so many um, so many um, keywords that I'm targeting that are in positions four to twenty, or you know, in the, on the second page of Google, um, and a lot of the content, the older content, I thought was not that good. Um, so going back and, and editing that and really finding improve that content. I think makes the most sense. So that the video content and just really improving things. So maybe I'm, I might publish another 15 to 20 articles this month on site two. Um, but yeah, but mostly editing and that's me going in and editing the articles. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I can't remember if we talked about it much, but you know, once you get that amount of content, it's probably a good idea to just like iterate and almost have someone constantly improving everything. Otherwise, when you come back in like two years, it's like overwhelming. There's too much content. So much has to be updated. But if you just constantly go through it, it's probably a, an easier way to maintain the site. Yeah. 
All right. Cool. Well, um, I don't have any other questions. Do you have any questions for me? You know, part of this is coaching and I'm not sure if you have anything, but if you do, yeah. let me know. No, nothing, nothing at the moment. It was um, the main thing that I'm doing. I think I spoke to you about in email, um, which was, oh, there was something. I don't think you, you answered that one, which was when people are I think, yeah, that's it. So somebody, someone reached out to me for site two about, I've got this like, you know, one of those top 10 X um, posts and a company reached out to me because they weren't on the list and they wanted to know how they can get on the list and possibly at the top of the list. So I've not really had that situation before. So I'm wondering how I go about that. Um, Obviously it's going to cost them it's going to cost them something. I don't have a media pack or anything set up. So how would I navigate that? So there's no, there's no rules for this. It's just whatever you could negotiate. And I have a friend or two, I haven't done this, but I have a friend or two that they've been in a similar situation where um, companies see you're getting traffic. They see what you're doing and they're like, we'll pay for it. So I would generally aim way higher than you think you can get just because if they're looking for it and you could even kind of investigate, see if they're like running ads um, anywhere. If you search around, you, you'll see that they're running ads. You can try to reverse engineer like how much they might be paying. If it's like AdSense, for example, you could look at the CPC and get some understanding on maybe how much they're spending or at least make an estimate. But I mean, the, probably the best way for you is to ask for like a monthly like retainer fee. So it's like, if you want to be, if you want to be on the list, it's, I'm just making it up 200 bucks a month. And if you want to be at the top, it's like 600, something like that. Okay. And you would, from a disclosure standpoint, you would probably need to put something at the top like um sponsored post or something like that because you're accepting money for for that and it from an editorial standpoint it shows your bias (laughs) so yeah um, but which is which is fair i mean if there's still good information and you can note you know in that case if you actually place them favorably then you probably can't say these opinions are my own because you're literally yeah. accepting money <laughs> to For it, yeah. have their opinion. The thing is, I know, I, know, I know them in the niche. And if I had found, I guess it was, it was um, a writer that wrote the post, but if I were doing my research and I came across them, they would have been on the list anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's a shame. They are actually good. I, wouldn't put, I don't think I could put them on the top, not on that side, side. I couldn't put them at the top if I didn't think that they were actually good so got it yeah so i would ask for you know a healthy amount and worst case scenario because they they approached you right so the worst case scenario is they would counter with something else that fits into Mm -hmm. their budget but what you don't want to happen most likely is for you to say (laughs) I want this amount. And they say, yes, that's totally fine. Cause that means. Yeah. You didn't aim yeah. High <laughs> yeah. So, so you got to aim a little higher and it's probably, I don't think they would say, you know what? You're crazy. That's so high. I don't want to work with you. They, they probably would come back with, you know, something yeah, within their budget. 
and they, yeah, they were probably yeah. just feeling you out. And I don't know, do, do you think there's a lot of, of your competitors out there that they could even work with? Are there other options for them? Um, there are other options and I know they've been in the space for a while. I do see them. I see their ads on different things. So they're not new to this. So they, they know that they're expecting this conversation, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not, there are competitors, but not, not completely, not in the same way. So Got it. yeah. So yeah, I would aim I would aim a little higher than you think and just see how it plays out, see how you can negotiate it. And it could end up being, you know, a really nice revenue source and it may give you other content ideas. That's what happened with one of my friends as he was getting more and more traffic to different posts and different product areas. He basically was able to beef up his revenue by a huge amount. Yeah. It didn't rely on conversions. He was yeah. potentially earning affiliate revenue and getting the ad placement revenue, which is, yeah. I mean, that's the ideal situation where like they're paying you to even be on the list and they're paying you when you convert a customer. Yeah. Yeah. That's ideal for site seven as well. We, we discussed that would be, that'd be really good for site seven if I could get someone like that, but I think I'd have to reach out to them to do that. But yeah. The other thing was um, the email, the evergreen email. I think I was calling it a newsletter, but that's what I meant. The um, Just sending out wherever the customer joins to get um, an email that is still relevant. It's not time sensitive or anything like that. Um, setting that up. I need to, I don't have an email list on site two at all, which is crazy. Because um, I know I'm missing out, but. I want to set that up and set up a newsletter, uh, email email letter. I don't know what, what you're yeah, supposed yeah. to call it. Autoresponder, the autoresponder series. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just a quick um, overview, which I have a course on this too. Um, I think you have access, but I can't remember. So we'll make sure you have access to it. Yeah. The simplest way to do it, because you have how many articles on that site? 205, I think. Perfect. And you know via analytics, like the, the best 20 of them, for example. Yeah. yeah. So the easiest way to get started with this is have your, um, you know, get your opt-in form, set up the autoresponder, which if people don't know, the autoresponder sends out on usually a time basis. So someone signs up for the newsletter, they get email one. And then after a set amount of time, whatever you schedule it, it could be like five days. It could be every week. It could be every two weeks, whatever you deem as appropriate, you have an email sent out. And a lot of times you could change it up. So maybe when you first start sending out the emails, it's every third day. And then after two weeks, you step it down to like once a week, but that way people get used to hearing from you. They trust you a little bit more and then it's not as frequent. The easiest way to come up with the content is just to direct them towards the content that you know is pretty good on your yeah. site. And it could be overwhelming to be like, okay, you have to write 10 emails or 20 emails. You're like, oh no, that's gonna be like a lot of work. 
you could just write like the first two or so and that buys you two weeks of time and then each week you just have to stay ahead of it and then add one more at the end and one more at the end and it's for each individual so if someone signs up on day one you know they'll be sort of like the the leading edge but if someone signs up six months later to the same email responder they are going to get those emails in the right sequence with the right interval and it's evergreen so you can keep that in mind when you're writing the series like send them to the evergreen pages yeah Uh, okay yeah now i got it um do you put affiliate products affiliate services in in all of them Typically, no. A good cadence is something like every third email or so. It could be less, you know, it could be whatever your style is. So like for for my email list at Niche Site Project, typically I don't sell too often until I'm selling my own courses. And then I'll send like a lot of emails in a short amount of time. And it the reason why I do that is it frees me from having to make a decision on whether I want to promote some product or not. And there's just a lot of, in the industry I'm in, there's a lot of crappy products and a lot of people that I don't want to work with. So it's just easier if I just don't most of the time, but yeah, yeah, you don't want to sell too much. So every third email is okay. You could do less, you know, every fourth or fifth email, but that way people are getting value. They're looking forward to opening your email. The other side is you could put an offer into each one of the emails. You want to make sure if you do that, it's either entertaining or informative. So even if a person is not interested in the product, they're entertained or they learn something. And that way you could feel comfortable like putting in ads or putting in affiliate links or whatever. And of course, you got to remember, you can't put Amazon affiliate links in your email. It's against the terms of service, the operating agreement with Amazon Associates. Most other affiliate programs are okay with it, but you'll have to like read the fine print. But most most companies want to sell stuff, so they're okay with yeah. you doing that. I'm actually not sure why Amazon doesn't want you to put in an email. I got, I got burnt by that. I, it wasn't even an, an, an Amazon... It was my um, Ariel Phoenix newsletter, and it was just when I was telling people about the one link thing. So it was a normal Amazon link, but they don't want anything to do with it. So I got um, a, a strike, or they basically just stopped me from sending out any letters, um, any emails. So I had to contact compliance and say I'm sorry and stuff. But um, yeah, I didn't know that about Amazon. I did, I did not know that. So yeah. Interesting. I, I didn't realize that. So you, you just like linked to one link and they were like, don't talk about anything. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was just the one link. There's no um, affiliate link to, to put in there. Um, I just mentioned Amazon, but I think maybe they didn't like the wording. It, it said something about make more money with your Amazon links or something, because I was like trying to do a, a nice clickbait title and um, and then they just yeah they was like oh we can't send this email out and you're you're banned. So. Oh, good grief! <laughs> yeah, so look out for that. But otherwise, yeah, you can put affiliate links in. And and you know what? It's key. The thing I mentioned before, like if the emails are entertaining or informative, then that's good. You could sell a little bit more because people like are getting something out of it. 
and when I send my marketing emails for my own courses, that's what I try to remember. Like, okay, I'm sending out another one, but I want to make sure that someone would open it and, and learn something, even if they were, they already own the course, for example. Yeah. They're like, oh, I want to open it. And it, I see that it does work because I watch my open rates and the click-through rate. And they're still yeah. very, very high, even though I'm sending you know, basically a daily email for five days when I do my launch, which is a lot because yeah. I, I don't send that many normally. Mm, okay. Do you have a course on, because I know email is a whole different ball game. There's like storytelling and stuff. Um, do you have a course on emails? On, on I know there are quite a few out there, but I don't think I saw. Yeah. So I do have one. And like I said, I think I can't remember if you have access, but it, oh, it's, it's definitely a different, it's more like a niche site owner's approach to email marketing versus it's a, it's a good starting point, but there's another piece of email marketing, like you said, where it's, it's more about the storytelling and what you put in the emails and more email templates. I don't have too much of that. It's more, you know, like I said, I, the easiest way to get the autoresponders to keep it fairly simple and just like yeah. send people to the content that you know is good. And some of that yeah. content, I mean, it can be a, an affiliate review. You're like, you know, for me, it's like keyword research tools. So I like send mm -hmm. that out and that actually can generate some revenue because it's keyword research related and there's products behind it. So you can, you can mix those in as well. And trying to think if there's any other details, but yeah, it's a whole art of Different. like copywriting and like subject yeah. lines and like tracking certain metrics, the open rate, the click through rate and understanding yeah. what, like what works well and then testing it with your audience to see if it's the right audience for that type of email or type of marketing. My course yeah. doesn't go into as many details. Like I said, it's more like, niche site owners like this will get you started and yeah. you know, after that you can go deeper and deeper which copywriting yeah, yeah. is i mean you could it's a huge um scope of information yeah okay all right any other questions no cool Okay. Well, we'll look forward to hearing, especially how that link building stuff is going to go. And we'll check in with you to get the July summary in a few weeks here. So good catching up. All right.